Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to Day of the Dads, the fortnightly podcast that delves into the do's, don'ts and don't knows of parenting. I'm Ed Wood and with me is my co-presenter Keith Stewart, author of the Richard and Judy book club best-selling novel A Boy Made Flocks. Hello Keith. Hello Ed. Hello. Uh, and this episode we welcome as our guest Matt Coyne, author of the fabulously funny new book Dummy and the phenomenally successful blog Man vs. Baby. Phenomenally successful. Phenomenally. <laughs> so it's a phenomenal. Hello Matt. Hello. That makes me sound quite good actually. I like the, uh, I like the phenomenally. That's, that's my pleasure. And I have to say, so this morning I told my son that I was meeting you today and I'd had the book around the house, Dummy, which is a very, very funny book about um, being a dad, basically, non-fiction book about about what it means to be a parent, mm. uh, has a lovely illustration on the cover of a man with a dummy in his mouth holding a baby, which is either crying or laughing, and I couldn't quite work out which. A bit of both. A bit of both. We're, we're, both, we're both crying and laughing. A, a bit like being a parent. And uh, my, instantly my son said, are you going to put a dummy in your mouth? <laughs> I, which I thought was lovely and literal, and so I'm, I'm meeting you, and therefore we all have to sit around with dummies in our mouths and look at each other like giant men babies. That's a terrifying image. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's all right. There's a BBC. Th- I was a bit worried about it being called dummy because there's a BBC Three or ITV Three series about man babies, grown up babies who like to uh, oh, like to dress in like to be, and, Yeah, and it's kind of a weird, weird sexual thing. Like, yeah, because they the get... book's not about that. <laughs> right. That's not good all. To know. Right? No, yeah. you probably wouldn't be on this podcast if it was. <laughs> That's also true. And that, that's the podcast next door. <laughs> so I wonder be- why they were dressed like that. I don't know <laughs> well, being audio, you can't actually see what we're wearing, of course. So uh, I'll just pull up my nappy and carry on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so shall we start with some news stories? Mm. I think. Keith, should we start with a slightly more serious news story and then go on to the absolute nonsense? Okay, well, yeah, I mean, this is reasonably ridiculous, but anyway. So this is a story that was uh, picked up on the BBC and another couple of sites. The headline is Touch Screen Toddlers Sleep Less, Researchers Say. And this is a research by at um, University of London, Burbeck, and they've discovered through speaking to parents, it looks like for every hour a toddler spends on a touch screen uh, instrument, like a tablet, or an iPhone, they get 15 minutes less sleep per evening. That sounds very precise. That basically sounds like someone did that so they can make a really neat graph. Yeah, it, it looks like it. I like that it's got a picture of a, a very small uh, toddler playing around with an iPhone. So I think they've, you know, I think they've they've shaped the story around the image that they can get hold of. <laughs> images, so uh, the the doctor, Dr. Tim Smith, who one of the researchers has said, "Don't lose sleep over this, parents." Uh, <laughs> Ironic. He does say, you "No, know, it doesn't matter if your if your child's getting like 10 to 12 hours of sleep a night, but you know, when you when you're a parent, every minute of sleep counts, doesn't it? So, so, so sorry, was it an hour per fifteen minutes? So yeah, apparently every. Um, so if your if your child loses, say, an hour of sleep out of twelve, that's sort of all right. So that's four hours of sheer screen time you could give them before bed, right? <laughs> that look, that seems like a pretty good Faustian pact. <laughs> that's a very interesting reading of that data. <laughs> I think. Yeah, you worked you worked it back already. That Thanks. You can get away with you know eight hours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, eight hours of screen time is a mere two hours less sleep. That's basically not. 
not having to do anything during the day. That's I think, brilliant. yeah, that's quite twisted, but never mind, that's fine. I'm not sure that's um, what we intended with the reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Matt, your son Charlie is 18 months. 18 months, yeah. The star of the blog, star of the book. And well, ha- <laughs> have you yet introduced screens to him? I've no choice, I don't think. As soon as he sees the phone out, he wants to look at the phone. He wants to, he knows how to swipe. He knows, I know this is, I'm a terrible parent, but he swipes and he kind of, uh, he knows how to, how to choose a video and, and press the screen to make it play. He's only bothered about videos that involve himself. He's quite vain. <laughs> but he, uh, he likes to watch himself kind of, yeah, uh, kind of, you know, paddle or, or mess around in the park or whatever. Like that. I mean, so we watch an awful lot of that. Um, but the idea that that means that he sleeps less. He doesn't. He doesn't really sleep now. So he can't <laughs> sleep less. He's in fact, if anything, he sleeps more than he. If I could, if I could sort of dangle an iPad above his car, like a mo- yeah. like a, like a literally a mobile, <laughs> yeah, dangle yeah. a mobile above your children's cars, <laughs> yeah, some sort of YouTube thing. Mm. I do remember Charlie Brooker writing a thing about his son when his son was born and how he used his phone as a torch. You know, you know, you use your phone as a torch, mm. just the. But the, then he realised he had a very terrifying face as his lock screen thing on his phone. So he was actually looming over his sleeping son with this monstrous face lighting up the room. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like the best that, idea. That's very Black Mirror-esque. It is very Black Mirror-esque. Shall I, well, while we're on that sort of territory, shall I hit you with the second news story? Okay. So I have a story here from your alma mater, Keith. Just to, just to remind everyone, Keith is the games editor of The Guardian. I am, yes. As well as the best-selling author of A Boy Made a Block, so I'm not doing you're, that. You're doing it more than me I this time. I can't help it. I can't help it. And <laughs> Dummy is out now. I've read Boy Made a Block, <laughs> and it is absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank it's, you very much. You know, Thank you. If you're only going to mention it once, let's get it out of let's the way. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to my book. No more mentions. <laughs> yeah. From now on, it's Dummy Bow Matt I bought it twice, actually. Thank, why? What happened? Because, because I bought it as a book, but I'm also a parent, so I can only read in the dark. So I <laughs> right, excellent. That's good. So, so it's just using up space in your house now, is what you're saying? Essentially, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I think what he's saying is that everyone should buy two copies, one paperback and one on Kindle. A daytime That's... and a nighttime copy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could market it as that. <laughs> anyway, could we go back to the news story? Okay. So the news story headline from The Guardian, from the marvellously named Charlie Brinkhurst Cuff, <gasps> is the author of this article. <laughs> it's only The Guardian, or maybe The uh, Times. Anyway, uh, is terrorist baby faces US embassy interview after error on visa form, <laughs> which I just, a terrorist baby, I love that. So this is because the child's dad accidentally ticked a form on the visa waiver form for his um, three-month-old, which where the question said, do you seek to engage in or have you ever engaged in terrorist activities, espionage, sabotage or genocide? He ticked yes. But only for his baby. I <laughs> thought that was interesting. Not for him. Nothing yeah. else. He but threw his baby under the bus. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was Decoy. reading sabotage as kind of filthy nappies <laughs> or something like that. Mm. So, so the end result was the uh, the baby was taken away to uh, from their home to the embassy in Grosvenor Square, London, to be questioned by officials. To be detonated. <laughs> in a round trip explosion. that took ten hours. So basically, wow. the baby was taken away to the British embassy in question. <laughs> and Is they that had how you get ten hours off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a babysitting. <laughs> I'm gonna fill out a visa, visa waiver form next time I'm fed up with the kids. It just makes me think though, when you're filling out those forms, you do just go, yes, 
Yes, yes, don't you? And you never really think, what am I really ticking here? I, I don't, because I'm so paranoid about going to the US that I really read those things. Over. I think I spend most of my 10-hour flights to LA <laughs> reading the, the visa waiver forms. Reading the small test. Yeah. But presumably that guy did as well, but still filled it in for his day and say you're a tourist. That's, yeah. that's where the real that's, crime is. Yeah, Well, exactly. having no for himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I presume he did, yeah. There's a crime novel in this, I think. Yeah. Probably. Have you already got a passport for Charlie, Matt? Yeah, complete a complete waste of time and money, basically. It is. Uh, was it is it fifty quid or something for a baby mm-hmm. passport? We yeah. took we took him uh, took him on. He was about eight months old, and uh, that you, yeah, the idea, I think the last for six months, the idea that yeah. he's still going to look the same in six years' time. I could have just basically drawn his picture on a beer mat and sailed through the, as much yeah. as they looked at it. Yeah, it just looked like Greg Wallace. Really, <laughs> <laughs> he continues to do. I still will do when he's five or whatever. So Maybe Greg Wallace has never changed his passport. He's getting away on a 50-foot passport. Um, And of course, the other big news story today, the day we're recording, so uh, this will come out about six days from now, is the general election has been announced for... June. Yes. And Keith, I understand one of your sons has got into politics early. Well, he had, yeah, because we had, uh, we've had, we're having local elections at the moment, and the Green Party came and they were handing out little posters that you could put in your bedroom windows. And my son quite liked the little poster, so my nine year old son, Albert, he put the poster in his bedroom window, and we thought that's fine, he's get his interest in politics. Uh, it's no problem at all. And then I got an, a few days later, I got a knock on the door, and it was our local Green Party candidate who said, I couldn't f- help but notice that you've got uh, a poster in your windows. Could we possibly put a sign outside? <laughs> And, uh, and the thing is, my house is one of the first houses you get to when you come into Froome. So it's prime political positioning, really, for the Green Party. So I, I just thought, oh, I've got to, really, because I think it's really good for children to know, engage enough in politics to be interested. It's amazing to know that he's had some sort of effect, I think. So, so if he'd have been a UKIP supporter because he liked <laughs> That purple. would never have happened. <laughs> I would have made that visa waiver, waiver form out for him and I'd have ticked yes on every, all the worst possible things. No, it, no, that wouldn't have happened. I mean, obviously... Obviously, I don't support the Green Party. Uh, if they ever find out how many times I fly to the States every year, I think they'll come and take their sign down. It's, I think you have got to experiment mm-hmm. your kids over, so not maybe not eighteen month year old. What question? Sorry, but, yeah, yeah, sit yeah. down. Make um, as much sense to him as purple bad, <laughs> yeah. green not so bad. But that's what like. we do. We, they're very much colour coded, so they know that blue are the uh, baddies. Purple are the baddies, um, and uh, yellow and red are kind of the goodies, although the ineffectual comedy goodies. Other political opinions are available. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Uh, so, but yes, yeah, so, so now we have a gigantic green um, poster outside of our house, but I love the way as well, because it's the Green Party. They don't put them up on with on planks of wood. You actually get like a, like a branch of a tree with like little twigs coming off it, so it looks really nice and organic. Aww. So they've killed a tree to, to put a I sign think, up. I think it must have fallen down naturally. <laughs> I think regardless, you have to kill a tree to put a sign up, isn't that thing? Kill a tree, get a it sign. It die naturally <laughs> in the wind. Right, let's move away from politics. That's quite enough of that. So uh, meanwhile, what's everyone been seeing at the cinema, watching on DVD? Matt, you've been, you've been introducing yourself to the world of Pixar, which we have yeah. talked about a fair bit on this podcast before, because every parent does. This is because he's only 18 months old. I can't, uh, I can't contribute to your... Um, what have you been seeing? Well, uh, Keith, you can you can start this. Well, I've seen Beauty and the Beast, and but yesterday I took my son to see Fast and Furious Eight. Now, what rating is Fast and Furious Eight? Well, this is interesting because when I went to the cinema with my sons, and ev- almost everybody else was there were teenagers, 
And I went up to the counter and asked for the tickets. And the man said, are your children over 12? And I thought he was trying to charge me extra for their tickets. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, that one's 11, that one's 9. And he said, you do realise it's a 12 certificate? And I said, ah, no, it's 12A, which means with adult supervision, any child can come in. And so they did let me in because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then, uh, yes, they are 12, but I'm a terrible parent. Yeah, <laughs> no, the yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, yeah, we were, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, there was lots of shooting. And um, there was one <laughs> F-bomb as well, which I was not expecting. An F-bomb? Really? That you apparently, you allow one F-bomb in a 12A, and it was delivered by Dame Helen Mirren. So I think the rules are you allow one and it's got to be delivered by Dave and then it's okay. So, <laughs> so Dame Edna Everidge dropping an F-bomb yeah, in that the Power would, Rangers film that would was be to be fine. expected. And I would go and see the Power Rangers if that happened. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it wasn't quite suitable. All they could talk about when they came out, they were so excited because they'd seen a film with the F-word in it. They were they found it just astonishing. So so as 12As go compared to, say, The Dark Knight Rises, which mm. I think was 12A, I think the new Power Rangers is a 12A. Where does does it sit in the in the how hard you know can can parents with sort of eight year olds go I, see it I'm a little bit uh, I'm probably a little bit more free and easy with it it's compared to the Marvel films it was much more adult orientated there was lots of very highly choreographed violence and lots of shooting there's no blood at all but it's much more of a, a teenager experience. Teenagers, but there was a row of teenagers behind us, and they were absolutely loving it. They were just laughing constantly all the way through. It's the most ridiculous film I've ever seen. It's just <laughs> hilarious. So may, maybe one for I would maybe for twelve upwards. Up, yeah, okay. Unless you're an irresponsible idiot like me. <laughs> So Keith has <laughs> tested this, so you, other parents don't have to yeah, make fools exactly. of themselves. Can yeah. we just go back to Dame Helen Mirren is in Fast and Furious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think she's, I think she's a shoo-in for an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes, she is. She's, someone, she's a cockney gangster mother. Oh, my God. Are you sure you went into the right, the mm. right screen? <laughs> I hope this isn't a spoiler. Honestly, if you're going to see this film, you shouldn't worry about spoiling the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Is she, what, what sort of car does she drive in it? She's only in a couple of scenes. That's a waste of the day. I know. It would have been amazing if she was in a Lamborghini or something. <laughs> <laughs> and also out now, at the other end of the scale, so I think we've topped out the, the age range there, is Peppa Pig colon my first cinema experience. <laughs> I do love a film with a colon. Kind of slightly unnerved you keep saying the colon part, as though it's this horrendous uh, medical movie <laughs> based on parts of her anatomy. Is well, it the punctuation point, or does it actually spell colon? It, 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 it is the punctuation point. point, yeah, so there you go. It's just a colon. It's yeah. not Peppa Pig's colon. It's not, they're not chopping Peppa her Peppa Pig colon. God, stop saying colon. My first <laughs> cinema experience, dash at the cinema. Uh, which is pretty much a compilation of, of episodes of Peppa Pig. Now I have exclusive new episodes. So I have some feelings about Peppa Pig, and I understand Matt that your your wife Lynn's who uh, pops up a lot in your writing. She also has some feelings. Well, she she hates Peppa Pig. I don't really I don't, I don't really care to be honest about. Why does she uh, hate Peppa Pig? I don't know. She read something somewhere that said it, said it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You heard it, heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, is think... Peppa Pig like all right or something? This is this is this is how it's been explained to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was only half listening. I'm a terrible husband and a terrible. Actually, she's not my wife. Actually, I should make that clear. She's, a, she's my girlfriend. Right. Okay. Apologies. She's screaming at the podcast. Right. Yes. She thinks that um, Pepper's like Mardi and kind of uh, prejudiced and not very prejudiced. Well, against her fat fat dad. Well, this is <laughs> no, where I have feelings about Peppa Pig. I think it's about bullying fat dads. So there is a very particular episode of Peppa Pig in which there's a there's a, they make like a treehouse or something like that. 
and everyone has to knock to get in the treehouse, except Daddy Pig is too fat to get in the treehouse. And the rest family is sitting inside going, no, Daddy, you can't come in, you're too fat. Wow. And laughing Body shaming. At body shaming in Peppa Pig. Daddy Pig. Oh. But you quite like it, right, Keith? I re- yeah, because I think it was the first thing that I was able to sit down and watch with my kids that I actually liked. Like, you know, when they're really, really young, you watched In the Night Garden and, uh, and everything like that. And it's God. just, just mind-numbing and horrendous. Yeah. But then when he started watching Peppa Pig... I actually, because I think Daddy Pig is like the preschool Homer Simpson in that he's this kind of knockabout, yeah, slightly that. idiotic character, but lovable and, and funny. And he gets some really great lines in it, especially the one where they go and visit him at work. I love that episode. <laughs> You're and citing all, specific episodes. Yeah, actually, so did I. Oh, it's a really good, it's a really good episode because all the other <laughs> animal parents have got really stupid jobs like stamping things. But he's like doing uh, very complex mathematical equations on a blackboard. And it's, and it's just brilliant. It's just so beautifully done. I'd like but, to point out right now, non-parents are discussing what happened in Line of Duty, the finale <laughs> of Broadchurch. <laughs> We're discussing an episode of Peppa Pig. Well, all episodes of Peppa Pig. But that, yeah. So, uh, but I say, you know, the first two seasons are the best. I don't realise you're a mathematician. Like The Wire. He's <laughs> <laughs> a mathematician. Though, isn't he, well, I don't know what he does, but he was, car- he was I think he was working out the load-bearing velocity of something <laughs> but but anyway yeah so I think he's a good character and I'd never picked up on that but I think it's just because she's a forthright young feminist pig and I think it's fine <laughs> you know she knows her own mind and she's not taking any prisoners and of course her dad's a fat bastard <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's oh, right. No. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little about your book, Matt. Especially since we've mentioned Lynn's your girlfriend and mm. mother of your child. How did she feel about you writing the blog when you started writing the blog? She was she, well. It, it didn't start as a blog really. I put a post on my personal Facebook page about uh, after Charlie was just three months old. So yeah, it kind of evolved from there and because the, that first post went went crazy viral she kind of had to respond to that rather than to the because the blog came sort of months later and, and do you think i mean i know you've talked about this before so i'll try not to bore the hind legs off you with the same questions as you've talked about in other interviews but but do you think it was something about the fact that it was a dad talking rather than a mum that that made it go viral or just the sense of humor or what what was it do you think that i honestly don't know because if you you know when you got you know when you have a facebook page and stuff you can look at the the uh, the people who follow you and the people who respond the people who like and it's something like 90% moms and 10% dads there's not many dads who follow uh, man versus baby so the response must have been from moms in the first mm. place mm. Uh, but it's di- it's really difficult to tell with that, with that initial post and with uh, with Lindsay i don't think she I don't think she even read the initial post. <laughs> she <laughs> hasn't even read the book yet, actually. It's out oh, on Thursday and she's not even read really? it. Really? Oh, Have you snuck that. some... Because that could be very... You could put all of your side oh, of the Friday relationship divorce on Friday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, uh, they, she, yeah, she's not read it. And, and the weird thing is, is that people are coming up to her and saying, oh, I like that bit. When, you know, the pre, pre-release copies. Right. It's coming up to her and talking to her. I like that bit where you're, where you're in it with whatever. And yeah, she's not read it yet. But That's going to be interesting. She, when she actually read the original post... Yes, I don't think she finds me as funny as other people do. <laughs> She's kind of used to, uh, you know, you sit next to each other on the settee for 20 years, you get kind of bored with, uh, with my shtick. Mm. But, uh, so she probably didn't read the original post until it had been out and, and had gone wild for a couple of weeks. But I went into the living room one day and she, was, she seemed to be reading it. So uh, and she was laughing. She was laughing her ass off, and I thought, "Oh, that's good." I mean, it must it must be quite funny. But she was reading the comments. Uh, <laughs> well, they were slagging it off. She was crying with laughter. I said, "What's so funny now?" And she said, uh, "She said that it was, her top comment was just was just uh, 
why do you look like a chubby David Tennant? <laughs> <laughs> and that was her favourite thing about the entire thing. She's going to have that proper t-shirt. So she loves the comments more than... It's proper yeah. daddy pig territory, that, isn't it? Exactly, it's disgusting. It is yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I'm seeing a certain hypocrisy there, given how she feels about the daddy pig body so shaming. You're going to have to prepare yourself, though, for like as soon as the books come out and her friends start reading it. This happened with my uh, best-selling uh, Richard and Judy-endorsed <laughs> novel, Boy Made of Vlogs, uh, is that when, it, when the book came Shame. out, Oh, lots of my lots of my wife's friends were emailing her a messenger asking about the state of our relationship because obviously the characters <laughs> get uh, uh, split up at the beginning of the book so you're going to get like lots of her friends saying is this true about what happened with the nappies and did you get friends like uh, trying to work out who they were in the book so far, no? well I was really worried that might happen there aren't any there's definitely no characters in there that are based on my friends not specific people like there were amalgamations but I was worried there was like a couple of characters in it who were very similar to a couple of my friends and I was really worried when they read it that they would think it was them but I know should they have not told me if they think it's if they think it is them, so well, they don't speak to you. Anymore. Yeah, no, so yeah, it's weird. They just disappeared. <laughs> and Matt, you said you, you said dummy got a <clears throat> got a legal read. So was yeah. there anything in there that got taken out or that we well, can't tell you about? now? Oh, <laughs> it was so worth a try. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I mentioned mentioned a couple of people that yeah uh, yeah by name. Call. Specifically by name. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ch- change some names so that the uh, the people in question aren't. Anti Pat features quite heavily, but she's yeah. not, I haven't really got an Anti Pat. Right. That's, that's not probably that far away, though, is it? If it's an auntie who comes to sit on your sofa drinking tea, she can probably identify herself. Yeah, Anti Pat will know yeah. how Anti Pat is, I think. Right? Yeah. I mean, so that's, yeah, that's going to be trouble. Right. But it's more sort of uh, if I'd said something about somebody who was, who was famous or whatever. And did you have any inkling when Charlie came along that? this would sort of change your career that you would you, you know did you look at this child and go yes you are the making of me child <laughs> pure paycheck yeah. <laughs> no, I'd, yeah it's just it's just weird those first six months are odd anyway and it's just a black hole and it's a singularity and everything just gets swallowed up and you don't really understand what, I can't honestly remember writing the writing the first post at all I can't so what do you do remember. what did you do as a li- what do you do as a living what did you do as a living uh, graphic designer for oh. a print company yeah. Oh, okay. yeah really 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 bad at it though so right. it's kind of oh. good to move on to something else yeah. <laughs> so hopefully people will really hope that print company aren't listening yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent all my time writing a book at work <laughs> yeah so I was I was I was a graphic designer for uh, for a long time, although I did do an English degree, hmm. but never never used it at all. Right. And, uh, in fact, my dissertation was on um, French feminism in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, that is very useful. Which nobody wants to publish, strangely enough. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, yeah, that was really, really, really poor. That's the last thing I, I wrote over like a thousand words. Did you find a way of sneaking it into dummy? <laughs> well, it's, it's there in the end. You know, <laughs> it's an additional teaser for <laughs> <laughs> book two, yeah. which your publishers don't yet know about. <laughs> And did you feel a kind of, given you're writing about parenting, so it might be, there might be people reading it who haven't yet had kids. As I said to you, I, I breaking news, but um, expecting a second child in, in June. Uh, right, so congratulations. Thank you. So I, I was reading it going, oh my God, not again. <laughs> so did you feel a kind of sense of responsibility about what you were saying to these, these poor souls who are about to have babies? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not really, no. I basically had to write it right, like, uh, like I write the blog, which is just immediate. Charlie does something, I write it down, it goes on, it goes on the page. 
I couldn't do the non-fiction stuff because you had to actually think about it. You know what I mean? I just have to observe. Fiction stuff, yeah. Fiction yeah. stuff. You have to, but <coughs> with just, just observing stuff, you just observe it and write it down. And, and with it being immediate, I kind of have to not really give a shit what, what, what anybody thinks who's reading it, really. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And, and one of the things I got from the book, Parenting is Common Sense and or just flying by the seat of your pants, yeah. is that, and were you trying to sort of create a kind of coherent way of looking at parenting when you're writing it, or was it more just kind of like, God, it's <laughs> absolute bloody chaos? <laughs> it, is, it, it, is, it is chaos. If, you, if, if, you, if you're thinking of buying the book to get some sort of <laughs> advice or uh, anything professional, then uh, you're going to do it with social services. There's <laughs> <laughs> not really anything useful in there, I don't think. Well, I think that, fact. <laughs> but that's like the, you know, because obviously uh, we've had the Scummy Mummies on and their book is quite similar and it's a series of like a- anecdotes and ob- observations about parenthood. But I think that is, for me, would have been a heck of a lot more valuable reading your book than like when you first become a parent, you're you're looking for anything that you feel like can systemize your, systemize your life so that it will make some sort of sense. And like we went through the, the contented baby book and we went through all the baby whisperer and all that crap. <laughs> And um, I think what I really needed was a book like yours or a book like Scummy Mummies to say, just forget it. Everything's chaotic. Just feed them fish fingers and uh, <laughs> until they're 18 and then kick them out. Just that, that's, that's pretty much it. Just weather the storm. That's, that's, yeah. that's the first year. Weather the storm and it'll be fine. If you don't, then yeah. But, but I think basically I've sort of realised now that parenting is basically getting from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. without anybody dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, if that, and that's kind of an achievement. I think that's why so many people, you know, when you look on Facebook or whatever, or social media, at like the same time every night, it's just, it's just ream after ream of photographs of people drinking. And it's, mm. like a, that, it's like an Oddbin's website, which you just scroll <laughs> down. But I think that's just because people are celebrating getting to 8 p.m. You deserve yeah. that trophy. You know yeah, I mean? that it's is. A, yeah. it's, it's a, it, become, it comes to represent something, that beer or that wine. Oh, that, cla- that glass. Yeah, yeah that parents' time, time, daddy time. Yeah. We're not all drunks. I've been mainly drunks. Yeah, I, I from your very first blog post where you were talking about changing nappies and comparing it to F1, this was the one way I got through it. I just gamified the whole process. Oh, yeah, so, um, like yeah. trying to beat my best times on nappy changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did exactly the same. I think I kept imagining I was on the cube <laughs> and Philip Schofield sort of stood behind you, being really encouraging. But if you were, uh, you know, if you if you sat to uh, my childhood hero, Philip Schofield, uh, oh, right. as previously discussed with your mumsy mum, I think oh, uh, Philip Schofield. Yeah, yeah. you've met man. him. I've met the oh. Yeah, is he as nice as, as I imagine? He's absolutely lovely. You just want to lick him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a really, really, really nice guy. I see you know my feelings about him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, we're going to move on from licking Philip's girlfriend. Yeah, well, I don't know. We, we don't have <laughs> to. We'll just go back there every now and again for okay. a happy reason. <laughs> studio next door again. And why do you think it is that more dads are beginning to share their opinions on parenting? You know, both of both of you, Keith and Matt, have um, written about what it's like to be a dad in different in different ways. But um, it feels like something that's more that's happening more. Why do you think that is? I well, I think uh, I think there are changes in the way that fatherhood it, over the last 20 years massive changes in the way that fatherhood is perceived I mean it's not perceived as something you you know traditional roles have equaled out a lot now and I think for men are maybe because te- I think the workplace has changed so much and there's so much flexibility in our lives I think that men naturally take much more of a role an emotional supportive role in their child's development now I feel I mean maybe also social media's changed it I mean coming, yeah, coming no, back to exactly, coming back to because you Matt. get to show off about well you get to show off about it you get to share it I was thinking just also you know you're publicly a dad you know you can mm. you're, you're, it's part of your life it's not hidden yeah, you know, your home life is public. Now. It's the flip side of social media as well, is that you're held to account about being a being a dad and being somebody who's involved and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's the other side of the same coin. Mm. You have to you have to be involved now. You have to, otherwise you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> be at least a bit involved. There's plenty of plenty of dads who still aren't, but I think you're right. That generational thing. My dad's involvement with. Uh, with parenting, was he was of that generation where he just paced up and down outside the delivery room, this unlit cigar, just waiting for <laughs> waiting for the call to say it was a boy or the disappointing discovery that it was a girl. Tony, was your was your dad Victorian? Are you over a hundred years old? I have to say, so we did our, our first NC. We got doing NCT. You know, it's, it's been it's been nearly seven years since I've had a baby around. So uh, doing NCT. And uh, we did our first session last week, and apologies if said person from NCT whose story I'm about to share... Jeff. It's not Jeff. (laughs) Auntie Pam. It's not Auntie... It is Auntie Pam. Auntie Pam from NCT. Another dad, Auntie Pam from NCT. We were talking about this generational thing with parenting and useless dads. And uh, he said when his parents were were in the delivery suite and so on, uh, so when he was being born, his mum said to his dad, go and get yourself some food. He, uh, his dad took it to mean go out and have a meal. So his dad <laughs> left the hospital, drove to his favourite restaurant and had a three-course meal. Oh, my God. <laughs> during star. which time his son was born. <laughs> That's amazing. And returned back to get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> uh, is that the Ivy? Yeah. Emergency <laughs> yeah. yeah. vending machine, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, have got, I have got a story <coughs> like that. Have I told you the story about me and the, me and the crisps? Tell us. Right, so it's not as bad as that, but it's reasonably bad. So when, when we went in with um, with Zach, when Morag was expecting Zach, we went in, we got into the we got into the birthing room and the midwife said to me, uh, it's probably a good idea because this is probably going to be quite a long time. She should probably get something to eat if you've not eaten. So I didn't go to a restaurant, <laughs> but I did go to the vending machine and all they had was crisps. So I bought a packet and I was really hungry, so I bought a packet of crisps Came back to the room and Morag was already having contractions and she was having quite regular contractions of about two, like two minutes. <laughs> so Smoky I was bacon. really hungry and I had the crisps and I was really conscious. The midwife saying, you've got to eat, you've got to have, you've got to eat. To you or to her? To me. So, but then I felt really self-conscious about eating these crisps while Morag's having contractions. So I was thinking, I know what I'll do. What I'll do is I'll eat the crisps every time she has a contraction <laughs> so she won't eat me. So every time Morag's had a contraction groaning away, I'm like piling <laughs> and then like, after the third contraction she just like turned around to me and was like will you stop <laughs> 
You don't want the contractions to be too far apart there, do you? I know. You just get through a bag of frazzles. She, uh, yeah, exactly. I just wanted the whole thing to speed up. So <laughs> Come on, I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on one crisp every five minutes. Here. Was there nothing softer? That's a, that's a good piece of advice. Get some skips. If, if, if yeah, exactly. you skips. want something yeah. that melts your tongue then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're there should smelly, be a guide, though. like 10 best things for dads to eat while their wife is having contractions. Like oh, that's a good one. It, yeah. Well, it's fairly similar to the Commodian, uh, Mark Kermode uh, rules of conduct. Yes, for, in uh, the cinema. In the cinema. So it's you want a set, soft bread roll. Being, being a dad at a birth is very similar to being at the cinema you've got a yeah you can't stay on the way yeah don't shut the hell up <laughs> no mobile phone reception <laughs> and ke- and keep your eyes on the screen <laughs> yeah stop eating the bloody <laughs> crisp <laughs> and, and and things like nct do we think they're useful i mean you you sort of say in 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 the book that you found it pretty useful right matt i think so yeah well the other the other stuff the books, the the, the uh, TB stuff, the one born every minute stuff, not useful at all to me. So, the NCT stuff was quite uh, was quite good. We had a um, our what, what do you call the woman who's in charge of that? It's not midwife, is it? It's kind of like uh, you know uh, boss woman. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they call them in NCT. Oh. Ours is a doula, but I oh think, doula, but that's a birth that. partner, really, yeah. isn't it? But that's what she does. Well, but. this was like a, 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 an elderly hippie lady who was uh, who was fantastic. I mean, she, yeah, kind of like. But it kind of mystified the entire thing a bit more than... I was going to say, I made a note here that you weren't much into the hippy-dippy style of uh, parenting. No, it was all the... Uh, how it's about connections and all that sort of stuff, when realistically you just wanted to be told that it was okay to stay up at the top end. And that really. <laughs> <laughs> so so you really were looking for an excuse to pace outside and have a cigar, really? And ideally, she wasn't, yeah. She wasn't having any of that, was she? <laughs> You'd only booked your tape at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It may be somewelve in this 12-hour span. I will turn up. Well, there was no skips in the vending machine. Oh. What else do you want me to do? Well, yeah. what, what was your experience? Was it, was it, was it a bad experience? I think it was pretty, uh, pretty standard, really. I went off expecting to have to race to the hospital because it was, you know, the baby was going to arrive in like half an hour. But obviously, 12 hours later, I'm still sat there wondering if it's okay to go and fetch some crisps. So I mm. kind of sat there thinking, will this never end? Because obviously I'm in enormous amounts of pain and boredom here. Yeah, I was about to have yeah. sure you were thinking, will this ever end? But to be honest, yeah. that, that's, 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 all jokes aside, that's the hardest thing about it, is seeing someone you mm. love and care about in a lot of pain, and yeah. in a lot of pain. And that's, uh, that's, quite, that's quite tough to deal with, mm. especially when it's somebody who, uh, who you're accustomed to seeing, seeing being quite strong and quite emotionally tough. Like, I mean, so I found, that, I found that quite hard. Mm. And I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> those two things so combined, combined it's, it's yeah. make you weak yeah. but I think I said in the book that basically it's like being being really full of adrenaline and really bored at the same time and I think I said it's like watching Downton Abbey on a plane that's about to <laughs> crash into, the, into a mountain and it's, and it's not an experience you feel all the time having adrenaline and boredom at the same time it's kind of a weird experience I guess yeah. the dentist a long, a long dental treatment is maybe a little or being in the way. army don't they say most of the army is like uh, you know 100 hours of boredom and 3 seconds of absolute terror so trench warfare <laughs> yeah basically or birth sex. is trench <laughs> sex sex and birth yeah. it's basically sex and war with crisps <laughs> yeah. that's pregnancy sold <laughs> and afterwards but you know maybe yeah. minus the crisps yeah you never need to cover pregnancy again Six yeah and more crisps. <laughs> yeah. done and, and the other thing i noticed that you uh, had had general rage about no rage is maybe pushing it but was was people who are kind of uh fairly critical of sort of breastfeeding in public who who are very intolerant intolerant sorry of mm. kids in public breastfeeding mothers that sort of 
very normal thing. I just don't understand. I just don't understand it. What's the, what? Mm. What's the problem? I don't. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not gawping hard enough. <laughs> but if if a baby is breastfeeding, you only do see the back of the head. Yeah. You don't. See, and even if I was to see a nipple, do you know what? It's, I'm not going to keel over and uh, and in shock and horror like. I mean, who are these people who do? Who are these no. people who are mm. like? Uh, Absolutely broken by the possibility of seeing a breast in public. They're just weird. I think voters. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah. Oh, anyone in the alt right? I mean, do you think people have got less tolerant or more tolerant of children in public? Have you sort of, you know, as a fairly newish parent, Mm. have you have you felt kind of under scrutiny? Or it's difficult to know what to compare it to, really, since it's the first time when you didn't have a child. I suppose (laughs) (laughs) I wonder more scrutiny now that I've got a child. Yeah. So you so you sort of feel the gazes. Oh yeah, without without question. Some people just don't like babies. I get it. They're a pain in the arse sometimes. Like they make a lot of noise and they kind of they kind of smell sometimes. And and I get that they're they're annoying when they're in public. But you know what? There's a hell of a lot of things in public that I find really annoying. Mm. And that's just part and parcel of being a human being, isn't it? You either put up with it or you complain about it or whatever. But, but, but just be decent about it and be human about it. Yeah, I think I think, it, I think it's a generational thing as well, isn't it? I can remember, like, I've probably said before on here, but I, when Morag had, I think it might have been Albie, my se- our second son, we went to Wells for the day and parked up uh, and went to see... Um, Morag wanted to breastfeed and it was time for a feed. So we went into tourist information and asked them... And it was an older woman there, and we asked her, you know, what was what's a good cafe for breastfeeding? What's like breastfeeding friendly? And she said, to be honest, I think you should just go back to your car and do it there. <laughs> and we were like, and like it was one of those real jaw hitting the floor moments. We we could not believe it. We did didn't you pick her up on it? No, because we were so. so it's one of those moments where you just do not have the mental faculty to deal <laughs> with what has just happened. So we just kind of staggered out. I wonder if for years she's got away with saying outrageous things yeah. because no one ever pulls her up on it. Maybe, or maybe that's all she ever says. Maybe <laughs> go uh, back to your car. anywhere for lunch, or <laughs> just go back to your car. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Wells is just awful. Yeah. Um, is but, there a cathedral here? Oh, just go back to your car. <laughs> yeah, just go back to your car. that's all she said. <laughs> oh, the, the web workers are going. Oh my God, Margaret's at it again. <laughs> Sending <laughs> them all back to her car. <laughs> she's not public facing. This is not right. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty. But I think I do think it's a generational thing. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's anyone. Like if our generation that would give a damn now about I, I, I hope not no. I hope not I don't no. know but it's weird isn't it because yeah. my uh, my mum will have breastfed and stuff and she, and, she, and she says that at the time there wasn't a particular stigma attached to it like, so maybe mm. it's kind of like there's been some sort of dip in civilization where where there's a point at which uh, Nigel Farage turned around and said that it's a bad thing yeah for, for, some I mean, sort of yeah and breath. not just brown women all women he doesn't <laughs> 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 what the hell uh, and uh, Katie uh, Katie Price Katie, uh, Katie Price and Katie Hopkins came out and said that they all I mean, the haters I mean they tend to be arseholes who say it is if you group them all together you're like oh yeah that makes sense yeah, I'm waiting actually. for Piers Morgan to say something like it's only a matter of time oh he's probably done it after <laughs> yeah. we'll google we'll it after yeah. he probably yeah. hasn't Piers it's fine <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Piers and what do you think it's okay for men because obviously your book's about parenting in general as is a boy made of blocks uh, you know it's not necessarily entirely from a male point of view but do you think as a man you feel empowered to talk about things like breastfeeding in, in, in public do you feel okay with that or do you feel it's not quite your place how do you you have to be a bit careful yeah. about it don't you because that's, it's not my experience your experiences as an observer and your experiences and actually in terms of breastfeeding and I, and I did a post called it's called Breastfeeding and the Weirdos and that was about 
feeling protective of someone who's breastfeeding, and it kind of being ludicrous that you have to be, isn't it insane? But, uh, you have to yeah. be a sort of like breast meerkat, don't you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Look out for potential weirdos. But I did, I, in the, it says in that post, I did, um, it was the first first experience I've had, we had we'd gone out to get a, to have a have lunch on a Sunday, we had a carvery or whatever, and uh, and there was literally a couple who were just clearly disgusted, you know, the eye rollers and all that sort oh of stuff, God. and they were kind of, kind, of, kind of appalled by it. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I was in quite protective mode at the time so I was uh, so I, I did I spent basically I had my dessert with my top off I took my top off and I sat there <laughs> in the same way in this booth I mean I'd, I'd, I'd been drinking a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so really you just look like an England fan you take <laughs> your top off in the pub or, or in the restaurant in a restaurant yeah it was in the, in a, in a, it wasn't a posh restaurant it was a carvery it was Toby <laughs> but yeah I sat, I, I, I sat there and I thought you know what I mean? That's as much solidarity as I, as I can give at that point. In fairness, that couple did leave as well. Like, when we'd, uh, and how did Lynn's feel about you doing that? Kind of appalled and disgusted. <laughs> did she leave with them? She just leaving. She just leaving. Around, like, <laughs> she's kind of leaving you sitting there on your own. She was kind of bilious, I think. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who is this podgy baby tenor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you put the baby right off its meal. Like <laughs> so it worked really well. <laughs> worked really well. No, what about you, Keith? Do, do you feel sort of empowered as a man to talk about these these quite female areas. Yeah, I because I, I, I think the book the book that I wrote is very much from the father's perspective, and I was very aware of that and felt quite. Um, I don't know. I felt really. Uh, I I kind of in some ways, lots of people said, "Oh, it would have been interesting to write it from Jodie's perspective, who's the mum in the book." And I know that I don't, and I wouldn't have felt that I could have done that because there's so much that you know any that mum experiences that there's just no way I could really understand or convey it in a lot of ways. And I don't feel like I'm not the purveyor of, you know, more eggs, my wife's experiences. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I feel very comfortable talking about parenthood and the emotions of parenthood and feeling vulnerable and worried and scared and upset. I feel really comfortable doing that. But, yeah, conveying the female experience of parenthood, I, yeah, I'm not as tricky. Mm. All I can do is... Yeah, I've been I've, I've been trying to I've tried to be as clear as possible in in the book that my that my experience is my experience, and that the idea that it, it that is in any way compares to uh, to what is essentially the lioness's share of being a parent, which is pregnancy, birth, spinning the bloody plates when you get out of hospital and all that sort of stuff. Man is uh, man is largely just not an observer to the really really tough bits, mm. and then moaning about the bits that are mine that are that are tough. Yeah. But they're always kind of pissy and not really, not really that big a deal. You know? I mean, yeah. just, uh, but that's part and parcel of it. You exaggerate them in your in your own head. Yeah, I, mean, I, sp- I spent plenty of times arguing with arguing with Linz about who is more tired, and it seems absolutely <laughs> ridiculous now. Yeah, <laughs> you do. yeah, you I do. Mean, what an idiot! Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, she's gone through done. nine months of uh, pregnancy and then the labour and all that sort of stuff, and I'm and I'm literally kicking the kicking the hand grenade of of this child in the house towards her and taking cover and, th- and saying oh I'm really tired today like I mean but it's easy for you to say now like oh, a year and a half in when you're when you're in the eye of extreme tiredness yeah, yeah. you do all sorts yeah. of stupid yeah it certainly doesn't doesn't generate them in the same sort of lucid way no. that's the great thing about social media as, as it's turned out for me in a way is that like I said about that original post? I don't remember writing it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, like at all. I can't remember. I can't remember being sat there and bashing it because I wrote the entire thing on my phone yeah. in the shopping centre. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I suppose going back to it a month or two months or three months later, and then and then reading it, I think, oh yeah, it was like that. It was. Mm-hmm. It was as uh, painful and as tiring as and as generally tough as that. 
Again, a lot of villains out of town. Do you think you're going to carry on writing about the experience of being a parent now? I mean, is, is this it now? You're going to keep writing about Charlie for the next sort of five years? Or? I don't know. I've got to be... I've, yeah, there's a, there has to be a cut-off point, I think. You know, I mean, it's just a point at which uh, it becomes his, his, his experience rather than me observing mm-hmm. his experience, and that's quite tough. But it is a two-book deal, so... <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day... Financially, <laughs> yeah, legally, yeah. legally, you have to produce one, and I shall explain that to him at great length. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think there is a point, but but I don't think I'm anywhere near yet. And I'm very very careful about making sure that it kind of has to be a universal thing that you're talking about. Otherwise, it's not. It doesn't resonate with anybody. If I'm just talking about one, maybe or one, it has to be kind mm-hmm. of something that's a that's an, a shared a shared experience. So in that way, that's a that's something that I think I can do for a for a bit longer. There's plenty of material because you know what kids like they're just mm. yeah they're constantly yeah you've got you've got all sorts of you've got Fast and the Furious eight to come yeah well yeah. now I know all eight you've got all eight Fast and the Furious films <laughs> and and if Charlie was going to write a book about you one day oh, is there anything you'd really want him to leave out oh my god oh I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so leave out words. <laughs> yeah. I'm pictures for this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it'd be interesting to, to, uh, to fast forward 20 years and have him write something from the opposing point of view about what his dad would like. I think that'd be really nice and circular. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll be alive by then. <laughs> so, so I don't really care. No. <laughs> Bit bleak. All right. Um, so I think we've come to that point in the podcast where we subject you to the one minute quiz. Oh, we really need a one minute quiz jingle. Can someone sing a one minute quiz jingle? Keith? Got, no, got, I can't sing. Oh, oh, we'll have to. We'll compose one. Maybe yeah. I'll have okay. To, okay. Have to compose. We'll it. make ourselves a one minute quiz okay. jingle. So, uh, so Would it be as good as the uh, the show jingle. It, it, I'm it be sure, Spanish. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Louise, our producer. Louise is going to be derived from we our incredible. Maracas, we could make. Yeah, maracas, castanets, yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. It'll be great. Can we yeah. spend those on expenses? So, yeah, yeah, look into it. Okay, okay. okay. good, good. <laughs> So what are the what are the scores so far? Okay, so 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 the you're going to get ten questions. You have okay. to answer as quickly as possible. Keith is going to mark you. Uh, obviously, that means you can get 100 points maximum. You're going to be marked out of 10 for each question. And if you don't do well, Keith, what happens to him? His children are taken away. Brilliant. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to have to explain why. Uh, so the top score to beat is the unmumsy mum with 82 points. The bottom score to beat, sorry, Stuart, is Stuart Heritage on 60 points. Right. So I'm aiming for Stuart. Yeah. So so essentially, that's a two-one versus a first, isn't it? We haven't had anyone really crash and burn yet. Not yet. No. Not yet. So you should be all right. Right. Are you ready, Matt? I am this, ready. This is your one-minute quiz. Okay. Best thing about being a parent. Uh, Justin's house. And the worst. Uh, <laughs> night garden. What's your distraction technique for a baby in a restaurant? Oh, I phone my iPhone. Will you friend your kids on Facebook? No. One thing that your parents did that you've sworn not to repeat and have? Uh, smoked. I used to smoke. Ooh. No, not anymore. I gave up in the year 2000. It was millennium. My minutes running out. <laughs> not around right. the baby, though, right? Oh, good God, no. And, and, I, and I drive too slowly. Swore I'd never do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the most annoying thing other parents do? 
uh, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Most disgusting parenting moment. I lost uh, lost my car keys in a in a soft play area a couple of days ago and found uh, and found all kinds of disgusting things looking for them, including a slice of ham. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and a slice of ham on a slide. On a slide, yeah. That was pretty oh. disgusting. It was kind of going green and disgusting. Uh, it could have been worse, but it makes me never want to go soft play again. <laughs> Worst name you've ever heard or considered for a child? Uh, it was always going to be Charlie because that's my granddad's name. But um, I've heard horse dick. No, you uh, haven't. This is true. This is in the, this was in the paper. It's in the book actually. I think. Or maybe not, maybe maybe that got taken out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it was in the paper. Uh, there was Your Highness. There was there were top three. Your Highness, I think, it was three. Robocop was two, and uh, Horse Dick was number one. That's incredible. And someone called their kid Punch. Punch, which I, which I quite liked. Like Punch and Judy. Mm. Yeah, but I think it was like a Punch uh, in the face. A UFC kind of thing. I quite, I quite like Robocop for a girl. I, I might steal that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 it's very traditional. But. <laughs> what well, jobs would you like your children to do and why? Or child to do and why? Oh, uh, something that pays in cartloads of money, so I don't have to work anymore. Yeah, some, one of those vacuous celebrities. Reality TV stuff. <laughs> I'm not liking the score on this. And finally, what advice would you give to anyone shortly to become a parent? Uh, I want to say enjoy it, but actually what you need to do is practice. Just basically empty your bank account and avoid sleep until you think you might die. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. Matt Coyne, that was your one minute quiz. I'm thinking I'd beat your mum's mum here. I don't know, there was that's mobile phone, there was, there was there's vacuous celebrity. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure this could be bleak. That's, yeah, let's have a look. Uh, Keith, do you want to add up those scores? Yeah, Sarah, if you're listening to this, it's a complete fix. That's what I'm wondering. You're on 70. Oh, so you've beaten, so close. I've beaten Stuart. Stuart. You've beaten Stuart. You are second from bottom. <laughs> or third top. Or, or second top. Yeah. Well, you could say that. There's you could also way. say fourth top. <laughs> because above you are the scummy mum is Graham Simsy and Andy on Mumsy Mum. Maybe we should call it a day there. Thank Brilliant. you very much, Matt. Oh, Loved having me. you in. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Dummy by Matt Coyne is published by Headline and is out now. And A Boy Made of Blocks is out now, published by Sphere. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time on Day of the Dad. Bye. Cheers, guys. This has been an Hachette audio podcast, This Fortnight's Corrections. The three-month-old baby summoned to the US Embassy after being mistaken for a terrorist was, in fact, due to the baby's grandfather, not his father, ticking the wrong box on the ESTA form needed for entry to the country. It is still possible, however, that his grandfather hoped to relinquish his term babysitting. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Goodbye.